Thank you for joining us. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Chris Empey. And this is Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris, we are jumping in today with our first uh, episode in our series about diesel fuel. You know, Paul, when we were coming up with all the different episode ideas, I was like, fuel tanks, really? Like, how many questions could we possibly <laughs> ask about fuel tanks? But then I thought about it, like that's the start of everything, right? That's where fuel gets added. That's where, you know, everything starts. So, you know, I'm really excited. Uh, we have on S&B today uh, yeah. to talk about, you know, fuel tanks and the different applications and the, the design and the, what goes into it. You know, so. I never cared about a fuel tank until way back in the day I had that C4500 and okay. it was leaking out of the top of the fuel tank, yeah, yeah, like yeah. out of the sending unit. And yeah. So I would pull into the parking lot, slam on my brakes, and then back into the parking spot. And finally, mm -hmm. one of the mechanics one morning walked out and was like, hey, asshole, you're leaving a trail of fuel. Mm -hmm every day right here. Um, you didn't care about no money I, then. I, you were just yeah, like, you oh, know yeah, what? sure, right. No it. kids, no wife. I yeah. was like, yeah, 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 let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Um, but it was funny driving. that like, I literally never thought about a fuel tank. Yeah. Like it just, it never crossed my mind. Um, and there's so many things about it that because I don't live, I don't have experiences that leave me needing a bigger fuel yeah. tank. It's just something I didn't think of, but it is something I think a lot of people have questions about. Well, I think too, you know, you take a take a, a young diesel owner, right? You get into the diesel space, you, you wanna have a fast, cool truck. In the earlier days, you wanted to blow a little smoke, right? Sure. Unfortunately, sure. it's just the ignorance in the space. You know, you grow over time. So you get into, I want a multi-purpose vehicle, hot rod, work truck, daily driver, gets decent fuel mileage compared to a gas engine. Yeah. And then as time progresses, you know, maybe that same truck could live three or four different lives in the ownership of you having the truck. Now you're in your 30s, now you have a family, now you're gonna use the truck to tow. And if, let's say, you had an older Duramax with only a 26-gallon tank and you're gonna tow a camper trailer, you know, cross state lines, like, that fuel's not getting you very far. <laughs> so that 26-gallon tank in that older truck that worked really, really well in your early teens, late teens, isn't isn't working for you in your early 30s. That's right, so. absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so, so we had a lot of questions, so we brought an expert on, so we'll be talking to Ryan McClanahan from S&B Filters or S&B Tanks here in just a moment. Uh, a real quick shout out to our sponsors, Duramax Tuner, home of calibrated power, home of Duramax Tuner, uh, where we work full-time every day. Uh, we have a huge March mega sale going on right now. It is 15% off custom tuning, 10% uh, off stealth turbos. There's some exclusions on that. There's also some killer door buster deals. Yeah, we have a six-speed conversion offering, and we have 2020 Ford uh, switch on the fly tuning at half off. That's right, man. Yeah, so it's, it's a big month over there. Yeah. If you're looking to learn more details, jump on over to DuramaxTuner.com or give Chris a call. Yeah, 815-568-7920, extension 2121. So. Uh, absolutely, and of course, we also are, are happy to say that XDP, WC Fab, and Exergy Performance are all still strong sponsors of the podcast. We really do truly appreciate everything they do for the show. You can support us by supporting them. Yeah. Visit their respective websites or give them a call at your earliest convenience. Stick around, we got more Diesel Performance Podcast coming at you in just a moment. All right, folks, we are here with Ryan McClanahan. Do I got that right? Exactly. Excellent, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, new product development and business development over here at SMB. Um, Paul reached out and said he had some questions on uh, some fuel tank stuff and happy to hop on the podcast and hopefully clarify and, and tie up some loose ends for some of your listeners about uh, might be considering a, an aftermarket fuel tank for their truck. Yeah. 
I mean, I think we should start this like everything. <laughs> you know, uh, give us a little background about you. You know, diesel, just motorsports in general. You know, what's that background on your end look like? Yeah, so uh, grew up in a family that raced a bunch of cars. I kind of went a different direction and, and started getting into diesel. And my first truck was an 0360 that I bought for $6,000 and blew the head studs out of it. Never blew the head gaskets out of it within probably two months. Um, and, and at 15 years old, had the, the cab off and, and did a full cab off head stud job kind of to, to get my feet wet. Um, then owned a couple of Duramaxes after that, then got into the coming side of things and, and then kind of opportunity presented itself at SMB and it made a ton of sense to kind of do what I enjoyed doing on, on my own time, but then also get paid to do it. So um, I've been over here in, in product development and kind of helped um, myself and Cayman Carter um, was also integral in the tanks department here. And so uh, we just got into this about three years ago, but it's been really fun to kind of watch it grow and uh, kind of make a name for ourselves in the tanks industry. Cool. That's great, yeah, because when I think of SMB, I know I definitely think of the filters, right? Because yeah. we use cold air intakes on pretty much all the trucks we work with. Um, how long has SMB been doing aftermarket fuel tanks? Uh, we started in 2019. So it's the same rotational molding was kind of the intro for us. So we wrote and molded all of our intake boxes and our tubes. Um, and the tanks are made the same way, just obviously on a much bigger scale. So we already had the machinery and it was kind of a no brainer. You know, the customers are the same exact customers that are buying a cold air intake kit. The dealers are the same dealers. So um, we jumped in head first and launched our first tank the summer of 2019, um, getting into the 11 to 16, six, seven power strokes, as well as the 17 and up crew cab short beds. Um, those were our first two to hit the market. And, and we've definitely learned a lot and our tanks have changed a lot since those first two came out. Um, but it's been a, an awesome experience and we've learned a ton, which has been fun. Yeah, just a couple of years here, uh, pretty rapid growth. I would say anytime we're talking about tanks, I know I definitely hear the S&B options come yeah. up. One thing I have a hard time with because I don't do a lot of cross-country driving is like I don't have like a personal story about how much it sucks to pull over every two hours to have to <laughs> fill up the tank, right? It's just it's not a problem I deal with personally. Yeah. Can you kind of walk us through like what is the problems that an aftermarket tank is solving for customers? Yeah, so our, our core customers are the guys who are using their trucks for what they're made to do. Um, you know, towing a big fifth wheel, towing a heavy trailer, and, and just adventuring and going across the country, um, whether that's going to campsites or it's you know towing their pulling truck um, to competitions or whatever it is. But when you're you know you're getting seven to eight miles a gallon towing in a lot of these new diesel trucks, and um, if your truck came with a thirty gallon tank, you know, you're not going too far, especially once you're out in kind of the remote areas where there's only a fuel station every forty or fifty miles. Um, there's guys that are having to stop, you know, every 120 miles or, or every 100 miles, and it, it's just a pain in the butt for them. So that's kind of where we see ourselves solving the problem. Okay. Okay. Now, one of the things that I think about when uh, you start talking about bigger tanks, right, is in the, the, the design itself. Yeah. Okay. What does some of that look like? Like uh, S&B's angle on developing a tank and are these tanks all like drop in replacements? Like any DIY guy can do this. Like what's some of the background there going into the tanks that are currently on the market? Yeah. So we put a, a bunch of um, development resources into making sure there's no trimming, there's no cutting, no modification. So it's just all plug and play. And we pride ourselves a lot on that. Um, and, and so, you know, we get a truck in, we do it scan, we develop the tank. Um, we'll probably do seven or eight installs ourselves before, you know, the thing ever hits the market, sometimes more than that. Um, so we're, we, you know, that's, we're, we're invested in making the install easy too, because we got to do it a bunch before, before the consumer ever gets a chance to do it. So 
Um, we're, we're all about the, the guys with grease under their fingernails in their driveway, putting tanks in with ratchet straps. And I'll tell you, we get a ton of guys who are doing that these days just because the install is that easy um, on, on all of our tanks. That's awesome. Well, one of the things that struck me is is like a transfer tank, right? Going straight into the bed and yeah. then either doing a, a gravity feed or, or a, a self-fill, you know, with like the little pump. Um, why not go that route? Why go with an aftermarket tank compared to one of those? They seem like they were pretty readily available and a lot of them out there with different options to choose from. Yeah, and there's, there's kind of a couple points to hit on here when you compare a, like a slip tank in the bed to a midship replacement, which is what we call the, the underbody um, fuel tanks that we make and a couple of competitors do. Um, the, the big cons to the putting the tank in the bed, obviously space. So on the short bed guys, you know, I had a 2013 Cummins that doesn't even have a six and a half foot bed, it's six foot four. Then I had a hundred gallon tank back there. Well, you can't even get a dirt bike in the bed now right. and ever think about closing the, closing the tailgate. So that's a big con, especially if you're a short bed guy with a slider hitch. Um, good luck, you know, cramming all that in there too. Uh, if you're trying to tow a fifth wheel with your short bed, because, you know, my, my transfer tank hit my gooseneck hitch. I had to get the extension from BMW, which is kind of a pain in itself. Um, and then the other side to hit on there is gravity feed. Um, there's like one company I know of that's making in-bed tanks that aren't gravity feed, and I would highly recommend that if you're dead set on going an in-bed tank route. Um, the gravity feed will overfill the tank eventually, um, and, and you kind of have to make sure that you're turning that valve off when you're not driving and turning the valve on when you're driving, and it's just not really a perfect system. Um, and then the other cons there, also, you don't know how much fuel you have back there without dipping the tank. Most of the time uh, with the midship, you're going to be able to reuse your stock sending unit. The float's going to work. And on all the Ford trucks, the distance to empty can be recalibrated easily um, with the free service we offer with EasyLinks. So it's just the most OE plug and play kind of option is why we think a lot of our customers choose that route. That is interesting because I know like the distance to empty and the the knowing how much fuel I have in the tank. That's a big one when I was looking no, at this. I mean, like, even we deal with customers, you know, that do do tanks and yeah. you know, we have to tune the LMLs and the Fords and, you know, FUDPs and stuff like that where they want that distance to empty to be accurate, right? They want it to be as OEM as possible, which is double the capacity. Sure. So <laughs> Let's talk about that double the capacity. Um, double the capacity, I can double my distance between fill-ups. I'm also adding a lot of weight with all of that extra fuel. Have you found that like running at a full tank with, I think you guys do 60 gallon tanks, is that gonna hurt my fuel mileage? Yeah, so even we do a 70 gallon tank for the crew cab long bed Ford trucks, um, and that's replacing a, a mid 40 gallon tank. So you look at it, you're really only adding, most of our tanks, I'd say you add 25 to 35 gallons. Um, diesel's around seven pounds a gallon roughly. So you're looking at 210 pounds there and then probably an additional 30 pounds in plastic in the tank itself. So all in all, it's kind of just like having, um, you know, a full size guy in the back seat on the driver's side. <laughs> We've never really seen anything where the trucks lean um, or, or any gas mileage change. It's just having some tools in the back of your truck or, or whatever. 200 pounds really isn't a game changer on these 7,000 pound trucks. Uh, <laughs> pushing a thousand pounds of torque these days. So. I like it. I can hear you're a Ford guy. What kind of truck do you drive now? I've got a 17 uh, Super Duty now. So Okay, nice. And I've gone all different directions, but I'm settled back in the Ford for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we're looking at the size of the tank, right, and you, you had touched on the, the factory float and all that, so you're uh, sending, you know, the level sending will work. Are there's not really uh, the opportunity for the tank to become deeper, right? It's more or less like a, a wider, longer type fuel tank. Like, 
where are you guys going into as far as enlarging the tank itself? Yeah, so that really depends on kind of the application itself. There's some trucks where it really is just an extension and we're only going three quarters of an inch deeper. Um, it basically all depends on what kind of the, the OEM engineers gave us as the, the template to start with. Um, so there's certain tanks, like I said, where we're three quarters of an inch deeper and it's really just a lot longer. And in which case the float height, the float's still perfect. Right. Um, we're using that OEM float one that comes to mind space, the 11 to, or 17 and up forward tank, um, the crew cab short bed and crew cab long bed tanks are pretty much the same height. I think we're like an inch deeper. Um, and it, they're just way longer on uh, the, they go in front of the fuel cooler, the fuel cooler mounts in the middle. I don't know if you guys have seen that tank. So we, we were able to just lengthen it out, um, on some of the, you know, the, the new L5Ps um, for the crew cab short bed tank, well, they didn't give you any more room to go forward now that the depth tank's up there. Um, so you, you, we had to drop it down a little bit more. And so in that case, there's going to be some fuel above the float. So you'll drive 200 miles or so with the, the, the gauge on full, and then it'll actually be accurate the rest of the way down since the kind of shell of the tank, the outside of it's about the same size. That makes me happy. I know when I'm driving <laughs> in the car, anytime I can keep it on full, I'm good. The minute it's all full, I'm like, gosh, shit, you know? So that's kind of like one of those like uh, mind tricks. Yeah. Well, well, and you hit on another good point here. So if I'm if I'm extending my range with the fuel, are there any options to extend, extend my range with DEF? Are there any aftermarket DEF um, tanks? Yeah, you know, I, I honestly don't, I haven't seen anything. Um, for that application. I know there's a couple aftermarket options on the older Duramaxes to move the def tank down right. below um, to relocate it from the ones that hung up front underneath that passenger door. Um, but outside of that, I haven't really seen a lot of def tank um, offerings, but yeah, definitely something we should probably look into because <laughs> luckily, I mean, the def proportionally, I think on most trucks these days, it's probably six or seven tanks of gas per def tank. So right. it's not the limiting factor, but yeah, if you could hit the def pump less, that would definitely be nice. <laughs> now, when you have guys that are inquiring about a tank, what are some of like the, the common misperceptions that someone would have when doing some research and potentially looking at doing a tank in their truck? I think the biggest misconceptions right now come around the distance to empty calibration stuff. Um, fortunately, the Fords have been really easy to get into and, and easy link is offered and Forescan both have um, easy ways to update the, the miles to empty calibration on the 11 and up Fords. Um, all the way up to 2022 now on the, the Chevy's, I know you guys have had some experience with this. You have to actually reflash the truck. Um, so it, it's not just in the instrument panel cluster, like it is on the newer Fords. It, it's actually written into the tune. So it's a little more invasive for the end customer. Um, you have to get the FI live or some way to actually get a new, new calibration written. And then the Dodges, um, there, there's really, we haven't, easy link hasn't been able to crack it. Alpha OBDs kind of, it's not the right way to do it. It moves the gauge with the distance to empty there's some complications there so i think the core of it right now is just people you know i get everyone wants a, a plug and play just light factory option um and unfortunately with the dodge and the chevy right now it's just not as easy to get that as with the ford so that's probably the biggest question we get um and so that's good to clear that up for for people because i know we get asked that all the time <laughs> i gotta ask which one's the most popular is it the gm yeah. guys the ford guys the ram guys uh, it's the Ford one right now. The, the, the GM and the Ram are definitely in, in tight contention, though. They're, they're gaining a team. We, we launched the Ford first, so it's got an unfair gotcha. advantage. It's got, the, it's got its momentum at this point, right? It's got its momentum. We'll blame it on that. <laughs> um, is this something that 
that you guys are seeing an increased demand for now that fuel is starting to skyrocket in price or guys starting to really say hey it's getting expensive i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and buy a bigger tank it, has it not made a difference for you guys at all well especially I, I feel like we see it more out here than anywhere else we're in california in southern california and um, we have a bunch of guys ton of customers that have places on the river over by arizona um and tow their toy haulers down there on the weekends and i was there last weekend and fuel here right now is seven dollars and change um over in arizona it's still 490. so they they buy it and it's always arizona is always about a buck and a half two bucks under california wow. thanks to our taxes here um so we have a ton of customers that'll buy it head over there for the weekend grab a full tank tow their toy hauler back drive for the week and then repeat and just always do their fill-ups over in arizona and and they love it and they can pay back that tank pretty quickly when you do the math on 60 times two 120 bucks <laughs> a week so it's it's easy to do the roi there no i mean especially i never thought about it like that like being in a specific location like you guys in california price prices of fuel are more sure and then you have a vacation home you have something like that or maybe you work and you're frequently traveling to a different location having that bigger tank just pays for itself i mean i get it i mean I'm such a cheap ass and so bad at math that I feel yeah, like I would just see the bill every time I filled it up and just it hurts. But but like you said, I mean, if you're if you're looking at it, my other option is to pay two dollars a gallon more. That's crazy. Right. So, of yeah. course, I have to ask the question, who would be a customer that who's a potential non-customer for a fuel tank? Like in what? position would someone be where you're like yeah maybe this isn't for you is it a truck that sits a lot a truck that sits short driving or is it really this benefits anyone that's looking to not stop at the tank as often yeah well i'm, I'm obviously biased so i would say right. that everyone ever needs an s&b tank but really <laughs> if, you're just, if you're driving you know five miles to work and back every day um never really towing with your with your diesel then it's probably not a great investment for you you're not going to see a bunch of benefits because you're getting four or 500 miles on the stock tank. You know, that's going to last you a long time if you drive 10 miles a day. Right. Um, you know, I drive a thousand miles a week probably. So it, it, it definitely helps me out. I can reduce my fill ups and fill up once a week instead of two or three times when I didn't have a tank in my truck. So a thousand miles. A, what the fuck are you driving a thousand miles a week for? That's hot shotter numbers. He's going to Arizona. <laughs> He's going to Arizona filling up. You just said it. I'm on the road all the time. It works out well having that tank down there. <laughs> Definitely pays for itself. Uh, what can we look forward to in the future from S&B Tanks? Uh, we're just going to continue to expand our applications. Basically, we've got a bunch of stuff in the pipeline right now for the long bed Duramaxes. Um, we've kind of been lacking there as well as some of the older long bed Dodges. Um, and then for the OBS guys, um, we're, we're, we've got some big stuff in the works. I know they sometimes feel left out and forgotten about, but um, <laughs> we, we started doing some scans last week and, and we were on the phone all week with the guys over at uh, CP Addict and, and getting their, their, scratching their brains for what we need to do for these OBS guys. So um, I think we've, we've drawn up a great plan and I'm pretty pumped for that one. Man, that's exciting. Very I cool. know we're definitely excited to see yeah. what else comes out. Um, if people wanted to learn more about your guys' tanks, where should they go? Yeah, uh, our website, just sbfilters.com. Um, we've got a drop down on the top for fuel tanks, and that will take you over to our fuel tank landing page. Or just give us a call anytime. Um, we're happy to, to, to walk you through any questions you have on the phone. Our number is at 909-947-0015. That's awesome. Cool. Was there anything uh, that you were hoping to talk about today that we haven't covered so far? No, I think you guys hit the nail on the head with those questions there. That's pretty much the core of, you know, 
we get to talk to a bunch of potential customers and, and hear it ourselves too. And I think, you know, we've gone through pretty much all the questions we get, which is good. Hopefully we can educate some customers and uh, help sell more SMB tanks. I'm excited. I know one way to find out, guys, if you're watching this or listening, jump on over to our Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook group, uh, post some questions on there, and we will get them over to Ryan and try to get you guys answers as quick as we can. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. Chris Emke. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, guys, I am here with Jeremy Garnett, our favorite super tech in the shop. Uh, Jeremy, how the hell are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. We are talking about all things fuel for the next few weeks here. <laughs> right. uh, and you and I have been discussing this topic where, again, maybe I think this one might end with some open-ended questions, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to figure some of this stuff out to where, like, lift pump heaters. How much of an impact does a lift pump heater make? What kind of problems does it solve right how does it work um and, and this is something that i know very little about my experience with lift pump heaters has not been great yeah mine either so <laughs> <laughs> um i've installed different types and seen different types so right. like i'm i'm doing a couple now so let's talk about like yeah can you walk maybe walk our audience through what is a lift pump heater and what is the basic premise of of what is it supposed uh, to do so what I'm doing now is I'll explain the easy ones. I'm sure. doing one now on a, it's a two element. So this particular unit has two places, so, so I'm able to put two elements in it because we get colder weather here. Yeah, sure. So the idea behind this that I know of is that you key on, it powers up the elements very quickly and heats up the actual unit and the fuel that's in the filters and the unit itself before sure. it actually sends the fuel to the engine. Yeah, so, so I have a lot of questions about this. Now, yeah. I, I, and, and this may be something that we have to bring on a lift pump manufacturer right. to really explain the ins and outs of, but my general thought is like, your lift pump, on a lot of lift pumps, they sit down below the truck, and right. the, the filter and the water separator sit yes. down below <laughs> the truck, and that filter holds fuel in it. Right. So if you're in a really, really cold climate, I've seen just the filter itself actually get uh, the, the paraffin wax yeah. actually start to crystallize and it gels up. That's right. what we call it, right? So you'll hear people on the Facebook groups and in the <laughs> forums say, go put a heater on it. Right. Well, a heater <laughs> is basically like a heated blanket. Uh, yeah, I've seen blankets around the filters yeah. or this is an element that goes into the it, unit. It, it actually goes inside of the unit. Yeah, this goes inside the unit. Okay, that's, so. that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that feature. Um, but either way, I have to put that element into some sort of metal orifice, right. <laughs> heat the metal, which then heats the fuel inside yes. of it, or heat the plastic and then heat the fuel right, inside right. of it. So I've always wondered, like, man, it's really cold outside. If I have an older truck, I maybe have three working glow plugs, <laughs> if I'm lucky. Um, and now I sit there with the key on, and I let this electric heater right. <laughs> heat up the lift pump. Man, how long could that take? I, yeah, that's the question, right? <laughs> so... Um, I know like I've seen in the past where guys actually have blankets on that filters itself. And that's the same scenario as to a relay or if they get really creative, they actually plug it into a 120, you know, an extension cord. Okay, yeah. And I can see that working better than you know, your 12-volt <laughs> system off your truck. But yeah, it's the idea behind it is that it heats the fuel very quickly. And the, the also the idea is that the fuel actually gets colder when the pump's actually working. And I know this by experience because I went out and tested a 
not a actual element that goes into the heater, but a okay. blanket heater. Okay, yeah. So I took my gun out there and I put it on the, you know, the pump, and it's 32 degrees. Well, the pump starts working. The pump got down to 24 degrees. Oh wow! Without a heater. Okay. So, it, and I know with the element heater that it is, it maintains, you know, a certain temperature. It doesn't get any colder, but right. it does. It doesn't get any colder. So, <laughs> I I don't I don't know. <laughs> And I can't tell you, so that's why we're talking about it, right? <laughs> so, why? I, I mean, the the general idea is is, is solid. Is, is we know the lift yeah. point, the lift pump is a point in the system that that could gel up, right? Right. So, so we need to we need to address that. And also, I would imagine warmer fuel is going to have less issues as we start to go up right. past the pump, right? Yeah. So if you have gelled fuel in your tank, it's still possible for the pickup in a stock truck right. to just pick up some of that gel and send some of that paraffin wax into yes. the actual <laughs> fuel system. So if my lift pump has a heater in it, at least I'm preventing that. Right. That I'm not going to get any any gel past the lift pump. It's going to catch everything And there. I think that might be the idea behind it, because like I said, I know it doesn't get any warmer. Right. Once the pump starts working, I've personally seen it get colder. I have not, like, I'll know. I, I'm going to test it on this truck. Yeah. And I'm going to let it sit outside, and I'm going to grab my gun, and I'm going <laughs> to check it, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is this is one of those that I think... I, I think there's an opportunity to learn something. Yeah, here, right? and that's, again, that's why we're talking about it. Absolutely. Well, listeners, uh, viewers, guys, we would love to hear from you. Tell, send us a message over at our Fans of Diesel Performance Podcast Facebook group. Tell us about your stories and your experience with lift pump heaters. I'm really, really interested to see what's going on out there in the wild. Who has this helped? What problem has it fixed? Um, what do you guys think about it? Yeah, different types of, of heaters. Yeah. You know, different types. So I'd like to, I'd like to see it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, Jeremy, thank you so much. I know this was a quick one. We're going to have you back on next week and be talking about more things fuel-related. Yep. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Make sure to like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you again soon. Ugh. Get fucking. Get swole. Flex Friday. Let's go, bitches. <laughs>